It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be. One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, what's up? Harry Ruiz here with you today on the JT The Brick Show from noon to 2 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200 is the number you got to call so we can plug you in and hear what you have to say. Today was day number two of mandatory minicamp in Henderson, Nevada at the Intermountain Healthcare and Performance Center. The Raiders headquarters, the silver and black, took the field again outdoors. It didn't matter that we're over 100 degrees already. The team, they practiced out in the heat and they're looking good, Raider Nation. That's what we want to hear. We know it's early. We're not going to see everything, but it's good to see the team out there in big numbers. I know it's mandatory so everybody has to be there, but guess what? OTAs, it's been a very similar case where you got a very high attendance by the players when it's voluntary and of course it's even higher now that it is mandatory. Raider Nation, so one of the callers we had last week here on the JT The Brick Show on one of the days that I guest hosted for the Hall of Famer JT in my book was Mac from Los Angeles. And he was kind of mad, I'll say, with me because in my point of view, this year, Raiders, they're going to make noise. But I don't put them up there with the top five teams in the league, which in the whole nation, in the whole United States, they're considered the favorites to win the Super Bowl, where for them, not winning the Super Bowl, you'll call it a bad year. In my opinion, the Raiders, they're a team that they can make noise, that they can shock the world, because outside of the Raider Nation, people just look over and be like, okay, they got Devontae Adams, they got Derek Carr, they got Waller, cool. We know that it's there's more weapons around Derek Carr that can make this offense be a nightmare for the opposing squads. We know that defensively, Patrick Graham can change the scenery for a Raiders defense that had struggled mightily in 2020, where they received the most points in franchise history. And then last year, fortunately, the floor was high for the Raiders defense. It wasn't as bad as the previous year where... The team lost games because of their defense. Actually, in 2021, the defense led by Gus Bradley helped the team stay in games that they ended up winning. So that was good. Now in 2022, there are high expectations. It's a defense where, of course, you got the big names with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the edge that you know they're going to pressure the quarterback. They're going to hit the quarterback and hopefully raise that number of sacks that the team had in 2021 and give the team 
extra possessions offensively to get more points on the board or at least take time off the clock if you don't find the end zone. Josh McDaniels, new head coach for the Silver and Black. You heard Derek Carr yesterday say he's the best offensive mind in the NFL, talking about the new Raiders coach. That's what the Raiders have right now, and they can go far. Mac from L.A., if you're listening, shout out to you. You were the last call on Friday right before we went on the air. We only had a couple of minutes, so I didn't go deep into this. But I'll go to the power rankings that our friends at Pro Football Focus, PFF, Sam Munson, posted just this past week where he has... Well, not this past week. Actually, on Sunday, he posted them. He said, the true contenders, because Mac was asking me, who do you have above the Raiders? I'll give you the list that PFF has. Number one, Buffalo Bills. Number two, Tampa Bay Bucks. They got a lot of their weapons back. And they got Tom Brady after he retired and went home a couple of weeks. And he said, you know what? I'll go back to the league. I think I'm not... It's not my time yet to babysit my kids. He went back to the league, and he is back in the NFL. He's a seven-time Super Bowl champion. Whenever he's on the field, the national media is going to show him love and going to put him as a contender. Last year, they made it to the playoffs with the Bucs. They didn't win the ship, but one year before that, he did in their first season outside of New England. Buffalo, you know they got Josh Allen. Then they added a luxury in Von Miller to help their defense. They're a dangerous team. They're a team that the whole NFL is looking at and saying they're a damn good team. Look at the Rams, Super Bowl champions. They're number three on this list. You can't say no. They got a heck of an offense out there. Yeah, they lost a couple of pieces. Robert Woods is gone. You know OBJ is a free agent. He might come back. He might not come back. But when you have guy a guy like Matthew Stafford that went from the Detroit Lions to the, new, new, to the LA Rams and won a championship there, they're a pretty good team, and defensively, they had a good piece like Bobby Wagner, and they signed a new contract, let's say it that way, because it's practically the same contract, but with new money for their defensive maestro, Aaron Donald, right there. So those are teams that you consider above the Raiders, right? At least with potential at the moment that they are closer to a ship than the silver and black. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I 100% agree. I don't like them. But as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, they will be considered real contenders. My issue, and I know JT agrees with this, is the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, they got Justin Herbert. Yes, he's a very good quarterback. But in the last two seasons, he wasn't able to command his team to the playoffs. Actually, the Raiders beat him in Week 18 to keep him outside of a playoff spot. If he had beaten the, the Raiders in Week 18, he would have made it to the playoffs. Or remember that guy that said him in the sidelines in the final minute of the game in overtime. I've never wanted a tie so bad in my life. Well, guess, but guess what, buddy Raiders, they ain't going to give you the tie. Daniel Carlson, he hit that field goal. The Raiders won the game and they sent the chargers packing back to Los Angeles. I know they got a good core. You look at Austin Eckler, you look at Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yes, they're a good squad. And what have the Chargers done? They've retooled that offensive line from year one of Justin Herbert to year two. And now year three, they're giving him pieces. They want to protect him. And this year they had cap space. So they went out and got Khalil Mack and JC Jackson. So I understand why the national media is so in love with the Chargers. They got pieces, but guess what? 
The Raiders do too. And the Raiders, it's all potential right now. You look at the Chargers, you, you look at the Raiders, it's all about what can happen. In my opinion, the thing that could put the brakes on the Chargers is that head coach they got. I, it's not Madden, buddy. You don't go for it on fourth down every single time you have a chance. There are moments where you know you say, you know what? I won't go on fourth down right here, even though it's fourth and one and fourth and two. But if I don't convert, I'm going to give the ball to my the opposing team in the red zone. You punt it away. You live to, tell, to, to, to see another day. So that's my perspective. The Raiders, yes, I think they can make noise. I think they're a team that has a lot of potential, that if the pieces that they have right now together – end up gelling and making a good squad once week one rolls around on September 11th and so at SoFi Stadium, it's going to make the casinos switch their lines in the futures, in the games that they have week one through week 18. You look at the Raiders and they're not favorites in a lot of them and the only one where they're nearly double-digit favorites is in Jacksonville. I think that if the Raiders change it from potential to reality, a lot of the national media is going to change their point of view and say, you know what, let's give these guys the respect they deserve because they're doing a good job right now. And I doubt that what happened last year with the Raiders having a great start at 3-0, and and then we had all the controversies that happened with the team. You know what, what I'm talking about. The John Gruden emails, the Henry Ruggs tragedy that happened. Everything that surrounded this squad, I very highly doubt that something would, like that will happen. And I knock on wood, even though I know, Bobby, it's not real wood. I have a feeling it will definitely not happen again. So the Raiders, they want stability. That's why they went with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. They didn't want to restart everything that had happened with the team and take away a team that went 10 and seven and has good pieces on it. No, they retooled. They brought in players that fit the system with Josh McDaniels, with his offensive mindset, with Patrick Graham, with what he has instilled in his previous stops like new England and New York and bring it over to Las Vegas. They don't want this to be a one-and-done team. Last year, 10-7, and double-digit wins, playoffs. They were a play away from being there, contending directly against the Bengals, taking the game in overtime, and potentially making it to the divisional round. They went and played hard against the Bengals. And can you imagine that game against the Bengals and just putting Devontae Adams on the field? That would have been a completely different outset for the Raiders on the road against a very good Bengals team that ended up playing in the Super Bowl against the Rams. And heck, who knows? The Raiders, if they had won that game, everything could have changed. There's a destiny in this life, and they had the Raiders losing in the first round. What I like about this, though, is that for guys that were here last year, like a Derek Carr, like a Hunter Renfro, like a Darren Waller, the pieces on the offensive line, rookie Alex Leatherwood, left tackle Colton Miller. You go on the defense, Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram. Those guys that played in that game, they're hungry. They had a taste of what the playoffs feel like, what they can do in those playoffs and fight. Mano a mano, al tu por tu, against a good. That was actually a great defense. Trey Hendrickson, he's a nightmare. He got to Derek Carr. And then you go on the offensive side and you look at Jamar Chase, 
who's a beast in that wide receiver position. You look at Joey Burrow. He's a beast in the quarterback position. And the Raiders were right there. They had a fourth and goal. They could have gotten into the end zone and extended the game. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but it gave you a little bit of promise saying, you know what? If they don't mess around a lot with this team, it can just be taking it to the next level instead of starting again from zero. So that's what happened. And in my opinion, yes, the Raiders can make noise this year, but to get them on that list from PFF and from other networks, but PFF here, Sam Monson posted uh, this weekend, true contenders on his power rankings. And he put the bills, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the chiefs, the chargers. That's his opinion. But in my opinion, you just take the chargers out of that list and the top four. Yeah. They're true contenders. They're going to be fighting for the championship for the Benson Barty trophy to have the Raiders in that list. I think it's going to take this year in 2022 to shatter the dreams of one of your divisional opponents, beat them twice get them out of contention and then you yourself make it into the next round and get a win in the playoffs and then you get these guys from PFF and ESPN and CBS Sports saying this year 2023 I'm talking about next year when the Raiders host the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium when the city of Las Vegas hosts the Super Bowl that can be the year in my opinion where the Raiders will be in the top of the list here are the other teams that are on top of the Raiders in those power rankings at the could be their year tier number six Green Bay Packers I understand Aaron Rodgers he's there he'll make a team a very dangerous team the Broncos I mean that's another team that's getting a lot of love from the media because of Russell Wilson. I don't understand it, but well, all right, we'll take it. The Bengals, who just made the Super Bowl last year, the 49ers. Wow. With everything happening in the Bay Area, they still got the Niners over the Raiders. All right. Number 10, Cleveland Browns. Uh, let's see who starts for them at quarterback. And then number 11, Baltimore Ravens. We know they have a former MVP right there, Lamar Jackson. And then eyes on the playoffs. This is where they still got more teams above the Raiders, but that's where the Raiders are at right now, according to PFF. Dallas Cowboys at 12, Eagles at 13. Uh, I don't agree with that. 14, Arizona Cardinals. Number 15, Indianapolis Colts. And then in the middle of the pack, number 16, the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's my opinion. Next year, I think it's the one where everybody, if the Raiders make noise this year, they're going to say those Raiders, that team in Las Vegas, they're true contenders. And we got the first call of the day. We're going all the way to Minnesota. Anthony, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, over the road here in New Mexico, heading back to Chicago for a load. But, hey, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of our Raider fans here get upset with what you're saying about being very pragmatic about the expectations. Growing up a Raider fan all my life, I, you know, born in Oakland, went to a lot of games out there. Um, the Raiders commanded respect back in the 70s and 80s. You know, respect is earned and given, is not demanded or taken. And I think being right in the middle of the pack is where we belong. I'm extremely hopeful this year that we can do some damage, and who knows what can happen. I think the last four or five, six, four or five games last year showed the line coming together for protection for Carr and what can really happen for this team as a whole. But I want people to realize we used to be able to talk about how the Raiders were so great and talk down about other people, but we earned that. We've been, we have not been a great team for 20 years, and to say that we get upset about what people think about our chances kind of upsets me. But I do feel like the last – the last few games last year, and even in that Bengal game, I sat there watching that game, and it was the first time 
that last half of the season where I really felt like the Raiders always had a chance to win if they could just get the ball back. And I felt like the defense would hold up. I had faith in them for the first time in years. So about this next upcoming season, I think we are going to get better. First time in a long time our defense can keep us in games. And the Raiders back in the 70s and 80s, for those that went to the games there, they didn't blow teams out. Typically a game went like where maybe the fourth quarter, seven, eight minutes to go, the Raiders were losing by three or four points, and they start driving in the fourth quarter. The fog's rolling in off the bay, man. The lights are coming on. It's kind of getting a little bit dark out a little bit. And the Raiders would score and go ahead. And all of a sudden, it would be about four minutes of the game, the Raiders are up, and out came that defense. And you start hearing, Raiders. And it was eerie. You knew we won the game. And when we get back there this year, if we get back to that kind of level of play in our defense, we can wreck anybody. But to say that we're going to go win a Super Bowl, and like you're saying, I think you're right. We need to be pragmatic. I'm very hopeful, though, and that's all I could ask for. I think we're going to do great things this year and possibly make a push in the playoffs. So thank you for your honesty. I love it. And can't wait to hear what the other callers have to say. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Anthony, get some green chile out there while you're in New Mexico crossing by, going back home. Thank you so much for that call. Yeah, that's my opinion. I love it that fans have high expectations. I do too. But we can't just say this year's our year. They got to prove it on the field. And believe me, I really hope this is the year where you stop that playoff drought without winning a game in the postseason. But... We got to wait and see. We got to just check if that McDaniels offense absolutely makes it happen. Well, this is the first segment of the show. Coming up next, after the commercial break, we got Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas joining us on the phone. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of surreal, you know. Um, it's been really fun for us. Uh, a lot of inside jokes from college and things like that, uh, you know, that, you know, just came back just like this, just being on the practice field. And, and, and we're learning each other again as well, you know, different. We're both in a new system that, you know, it's not really a system that we've been in before. So we're both learning and growing through that. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to do it like this next time. Or, hey. And so we've had some fun plays, and we've had some where I'm like, hey, if you do that, and we kind of talk through it, and the, the, the relationship part is the easiest part because what we're both saying to each other, we both understand each other, and we're getting better. And, um, you know, that, that part's exciting. Uh, but, again, him and I, we have, a, we have a long way to go just like everybody else. Um, you know, we're learning, we're trying to get better, um, and hopefully put a good product out there, you know, when, when it's time to take the field. But it's just been fun to have my friend back Raider Nation, it's National Best Friends Day. And right there, you heard Carr talking about one of his best friends, Devontae Adams, who's now on the squad. It's it, he's with the Raiders. He's, well, working out with D.C. now in an official capacity. In the past, after they graduated from Fresno State to the NFL, well, they would get together, but just at the park, get workouts in. Now they're practicing for reals. They've been there for OTAs. They've been there for mandatory minicamp. And someone that was at mandatory minicamp right there listening to Derek Carr at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is my my guy, Brian Salmon from Channel 3 News 3 Las Vegas. Brian, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Harry, my man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on today, man. You're doing a great job for JT, player. 
I got huge shoes to fill, and I'm just stepping in because that guy, he's, in my book, a Hall of Famer, and you, you're not far away. Brian Salmon, you've been here in Las Vegas for a long time. Did you ever think you'd been, you'd been, you would be covering NFL football out here in the desert? No, I, I really didn't think that there would be an NFL team. I thought maybe an NBA team because I was here when they had the, the uh, NBA All-Star game. Uh, I knew they had AAA baseball, but NFL is kind of like the last thing from my mind. I had to leave Las Vegas to cover the NFL in Boston and New Orleans, man, but there's nothing better than doing it here in Vegas, that's for sure. Yeah, and back then, if I remember correctly, KTMV, right? Former home? Yeah, yeah. You used so, to cover yeah. a lot of boxing, a lot of UFC and other <laughs> sports, and what's the difference between covering those sports and now being there, not with any NFL team, but the Raiders, one of the legendary franchises of the league. You know what? You said that perfectly. The fact that it's not like Las Vegas has got any old franchise. They got the, the Raiders. The Raiders are an iconic franchise in, in the NFL. So then us getting the Raiders, it's, it's unlike covering any other team. I, I kind of liken it to covering the Saints when I was in New Orleans because the fan bases are somewhat similar. But uh, covering boxing and everything, I enjoy it. You already know I love the UFC. I love boxing. But the NFL is a whole other animal, my man. Absolutely. And, yeah, the only thing I like having Allegiant Stadium compared to the Superdome where I called the game is that out there at the Superdome, I don't know why, but it seems like they want to freeze everybody in the stands and in the press box. Out here in the Allegiant <laughs> Stadium, it's like it's chill. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not as cold. Uh, but you know what? New Orleans rivals Las Vegas as far as the heat is concerned, man. That humidity down there is something special. Of course. And now talk to me about the excitement of being able to cover the Raiders having Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. If the team had 10 wins last year, there's expectations of getting the double digits wins again and also being able to win in the playoffs. I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, Derek Carr... It's arguable that he has the best weapons in all of the AFC West. It really is, especially, you know, the fact that um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they lost their burner on the outside. So Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, not just him, though, but you got Darren Waller. You have Hunter Renfro, who really emerged as a pro bowler last season and one of the best route runners in the NFL. You put all those guys together, and then you throw Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I mean, really, offensively, offensively, the Raiders have one of the best uh, weaponry in all of the NFL, not even just the AFC West. Yeah, and then if you add guys like Keelan Cole, Mac Hollins, who's huge, and Demarcus Robinson, who used to be a threat in Kansas City up to last, this year when he moved over to Las Vegas, I think this offense has the opportunity to gel together. What do you think about the defensive side of the ball, which had been an issue for the Raiders, especially in their first year out here in Las Vegas in 2020? 2021, they got better. What do you think is going to happen this year with PG, Patrick Graham, out there commanding the defense? You know what, man, that, that's um, really what Raider Nation needs to kind of focus on because I think the offense is going to be good. They should be good under Josh McDaniels. But if you look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, Chandler Jones was a huge addition. Yannick Ngakwe was great. Chandler Jones is equal or better. I mean, he's likely a Hall of Famer. So those two and just the, just the, the amount of excitement that they have to play with one another. I mean, they, you can tell those dudes really, really like each other, had a relationship before – Chandler got here. That's going to be the strength of the, the Raiders defense. The DBs are where we're all kind of like, we don't know. 
Jonathan Abram, who's due to talk today, um, you know, he's had his struggles. It's a prove-it season for him. The cornerbacks are pretty young. That's something that, you know, we're going to have to watch ourselves in Raider Nation, man, the, the fact that the defensive backfield is where they may struggle. But if they get to the quarterback quickly, the DBs will have an opportunity to make plays. We're talking with Brian Salmon, main sports anchor at News 3 Las Vegas. Brian, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. There's a lot of talk about what's going to happen with them because Waller, he has no more guaranteed money on his contract, two years left. Renfro, last year of his contract. Do you expect something to happen with them soon regarding that? I absolutely do. And if you go back to that press conference now that you just played before I got on with Derek Carr, Yesterday, Carr spoke about the fact that he took less money. He was very mindful. He, he took less money in order for the Raiders to be able to sign Darren Waller to a, a big money contract because he wants to keep players. He alluded to the fact, he just kind of reminded everyone that he took a bunch of money in his first contract and his boy, Khalil Mack, ended up having to be traded because the Raiders didn't have the money. So he said he took less, less money. He said that Max Crosby took less money so they would be able to share the wealth. So I, I believe Darren Waller for sure will be able to uh, be re-signed. Hunter Renfro, I mean, he just, he, what, is in his third season, I want to say? This one's um, his fourth. So he has three under his belt. This is number four. Okay, so he's in his fourth season right now. Uh, as far as, like, paying him, I, I think that, I think that that needs to be secondary. They need to go ahead and lock up Darren Waller, and I believe that the Raiders will. I mean, they, they're not going to let him go. They can't. Yeah, that's both of them, in my opinion, are key pieces for these Raiders because who do you double team when you have on the field guys like Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro? If you double team one of them, guess what? Someone's going to be open. Yeah, I, I guarantee you that they're going to double team Devontae Adams. They're going to double team Devontae Adams, and they're they're gonna they're gonna trust that they put a, you know, a DB, because you can't put a linebacker on Hunter Renfro. They're going to put a, a DB on Hunter Renfro and, and kind of cross their fingers. Uh, and, if, and if they have to, you know, uh, shed someone or put a defensive back closer to another person, it'll be Darren Waller, I think, because they're not going to let Darren Waller and uh, Devontae Adams run free. I think they're going to feel like they can contain Hunter Renfro more so than the other two. The only reason, in my opinion, that Hunter Renfro was so good last season is because, you know, when Darren Waller played, that was a guy who received all the double teams and it left things open for Hunter and the fact that he's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You check his numbers on the games that Waller didn't play and Renfro, he kept the offense afloat. I mean, he helped this team be able to get those wins towards the end of the season until uh, Waller came back in week 18. So Brian Salmon, Absolutely. We got our guy out here from News 3LV, main sports anchor for NBC in Las Vegas. I got to ask you, you were one of the very few people that were inside Allegiant Stadium during the 2020 season. How was yeah. that experience? Because I'm doing the radio games and we had a call from a studio, all except one. The Broncos game, they allowed us in the stadium. Every other game, we were in the studio. You. That's right. You, you're the man, so they had you there. How was that experience of being able to hear everything, even though you're all the way at the top, hanging on to the roof? Oh, that's funny. Hey, Perry, man, I'm just the man on the phone talking to the man. That's all I am. But, hey, man, uh, watching those games inside of Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star last season, without any of the fans in there, it was really surreal. You know, because, first of all, it's historic 
they're playing the, the New Orleans Saints. First game inside of Allegiant Stadium. I can't believe it, Las Vegas as an NFL team. It actually came to fruition, and there's nobody in there to kind of celebrate with. It's Monday night football and everything else. And then the thing that's wild is the fact that you can hear the opposing team on the far sideline, the far sideline, talking and yelling and uh, basically cheering for their, their team way up in the press box, which is bananas. It, it was bananas, the fact that you can actually hear them so clearly. It was, it was quiet. I mean, literally quiet in there. Uh, you know, they tried to play some music and, you know, the, the fake fan sound. But, I mean, obviously that's nothing compared to being in a, a real stadium. It was very surreal, but I do feel honored in the fact that I was in there. I forgot that you had to call the games from the studio. I remember talking to you about that, but that, that kind of slipped my mind. That, I, I feel for you, my man. No, nah, it's good. I had one game there, and the Raiders, they had five turnovers. I, it was the first time in years that they had five turnovers in that game against the Broncos, and I felt that's weird terrible. because I don't call games like just on a normal voice. I get excited, so I had – Cassie Soto, I remember she tweeted about it that I was in the booth and she was listening to me all the way to the other side of the press box. I was like, oh, should I shut shut up a little bit? I was like, nah, you got to keep doing your thing the way that you do it. Keep that yeah. excitement up. And how much different was it this past year, first year with fans jam-packing that beautiful Legion Stadium at, at, on the Las Vegas Strip? Oh, man, it was night and day. It was night and day. I can hear you. I remember hearing you. <laughs> I, I can hear you. Um, Were you the yeah, one that no, threw that candy to my to the to my my booth, being like, "Hey, shut up"? <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't do that. That's probably <laughs> somebody who writes for a newspaper writer because you know they're little sticklers in the uh, press box. But no, uh, I, I can definitely hear you. And it was like night and day, night and day, being in the press box, being inside of Allegiant Stadium with fans, with um, with too short Ice Cube performing. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Ludacris performing with Bruce Buffer. Man, I, I I felt like I could be an NFL player. I wanted to go run out in the field. Um, and something that you may know, you, you, you follow my, my Instagram pretty well, and you see a lot of stuff, but I got an opportunity at some of the games last season. I was down on the field, and I have video on my Instagram page when Derek Carr and Darren Waller were actually getting ready to run through, not the tunnel, but the players – uh, underneath the goalposts running out onto the field. Like, I was literally standing right next to him. And to feel the energy down on Allegiant Field, Allegiant Stadium Field, before the game, it was something – it made your hair on your arm stand up, man. It was something completely different than it was the year before, man. And I, I, I literally cannot wait to get back inside of Allegiant Stadium for uh, the games this year, man. There's, there's nothing like being inside of Allegiant Stadium for a big-time football game in the black hole Las Vegas style. And and, and uh, with Bruce Buffer, uh, you know, introduction, introducing the game, man. There's nothing like it. I tell everyone that. There's nothing like it. Yeah, and I'll bring up something that I saw on your social media. How do you get that close to the halftime performers? Because it looks like you're right there performing with them. I've seen your videos on Twitter, <laughs> on YouTube, and I'm like, damn, well, he's the guy. It's Brian Simon right there. <laughs> of course they're going to let him there. Uh, you, you talk about the one when, when uh, DJ Run from Run DMC was performing. I was literally standing right in front of him. Um, and I, I, I don't want to – I'm being humble, and I don't want to brag, but, I mean, the, the guy who was like the security dude, I got my credential, he's like, he knew me from TV. He's like, yo, go ahead and go over there. And I, I was literally standing. I was the only person there. I was right there in front of him getting video of the halftime performers, man. It was that for me because I'm an old-school hip-hop head. 
was one of the best moments that I had last season. And I recorded the whole five minutes. I put it on my Instagram. It's, it's what? B-R-Y-A-N News 3LV, man. Go check it out, man. Because it was really, it was a dope experience for me. Um, clearly, you saw it. And I do the same thing before the game, man. I try to get, I try to take Raider Nation and fans places that they normally would not be able to go and to see. Um, I was down there when Lincoln Kennedy kind of walked through the black hole. I did an interview with him pregame. Uh, that's my guy. And uh, he was like, man, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to have to sign a bunch of autographs. And he literally walked around the, the, um, the bottom of the stadium to where the tunnel was at and signed every Raider Nation uh, fan that was down there, uh, you know, giving them a, a poster, or a helmet, whatever. And he was like, yo, man, that, you know, it's part of the gig, man. I, I enjoy it. So, I mean, that, that's something. And I shot video of it. Oh, it's, big, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Big Link is the best. I remember going to Oakland as a fan and hanging out at the Black Hotel Gate. I'd always see Big Link just walking around, grabbing some food, talking with fans, signing autographs, taking pictures. That's what you want. And I know, Brian, you as well. I've seen you at a couple of events where people come up to you and they want to take pictures with you. It's like, hey, of course. Brian Salmon, News 3 Las Vegas main sports anchor. I got to ask you, too, about now uh, Sister Squad of the Raiders. Also yeah. owned by Mark Davis, the Aces. I see you doing great coverage, you and Jesse Merrick out there with the Las Vegas Aces. We know they took an L recently, but they're a pretty good squat this year with Becky Hammond at the helm. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Me and Jesse try to do our best. We're, we're the official station of the Aces, man. So um, we go to every game, and you're right. They took an L. Their only loss that they've had inside of Michelob Ultra Arena this season, they took an L, but they bounced back and got a win. And – you know, saying they're pretty good, I would agree with you. They're the best team in the WNBA, man. They got the best record in the WNBA right now. Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders and the Aces, always courtside. And I tell anyone who wants to listen, so I'm telling all of Raider Nation Radio right now, the ticket for the Las Vegas Aces is one of the best tickets in Las Vegas, period, point blank. Period, point blank. You'll see Darren Waller sitting on the courtside, crushing popcorn, Watching the game, watching the games, Jonathan Abram, he goes to the games. I've seen, uh, I've seen a, a lot of Raider players at the games. Max Crosby's been to a game. Uh, Tom Brady came to a game this year, which was crazy. Dwayne Wade. In the past, we've had LeBron James, uh, Kobe Bryant, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's a hot, hot. Bill Russell went to a game. The legendary Bill Russell was at a game last season, or the season before, I want to say. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the Aces, it's a great ticket. The atmosphere in there is bananas. Becky Hammond, one, already one of the best coaches in the WNBA. She just won the Coach of the Month in the WNBA. Kelsey Plums won the Player of the Week. Uh, Asia Wilson, Player of the Month. Jackie Young, Player of the Week. I mean, they got a good squad, and I've said this again uh, on the air, and I'll say it here. I believe that the Las Vegas Aces will be the first professional team to have a championship parade down the Las Vegas Strip, man. You heard it here. Isn't that going to be something awesome to watch, to experience, to be in? I mean, it'll be oh. absolutely amazing. And yeah, you mentioned Kelsey, Asia, Jackie, Derricka, Hamby. She's a beast as well. They got a yeah. very good squad, top to bottom. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, Derricka Hamby, she won the sixth woman of the year two times in a row. And then right after her, it was Kelsey Plum winning last year. And Plum probably either most improved this year or, I mean, she's She's on people's ballot for being like an MVP of the WNBA right now. I mean, she just balled out this past week. Jackie Young got injured. 
the leading scorer on the team, and Kelsey Plum came came through in that game with a career high thirty two points. So, uh, yeah, the team. Yeah, I, I really really enjoy watching that team and, and the players that play for it. They support the Raiders a ton. You see them at Raider games, and the Raiders support them. Man, they're brothers and sisters out there. Absolutely, and. They're brothers and sisters now. So Raider Nation, let's show them some love. The silver and black has us show the black and gold some love out here in Las Vegas. Brian, <laughs> Brian Salmon, main sports anchor at KSMV here joining us today on Raider Nation Radio, the JT The Brick Show. I have one non-sports question to ask you if you're okay with it. Man, I'm, I'm good with anything, man. Come on. All right. So in, in my opinion, you're the best dressed man on Las Vegas TV. <laughs> I see your drip every single day. I got to ask you, how many suits and ties do you own? Uh, first of all, man, I appreciate that, Harry. Yo, you are sharp as well, man. The, the pictures that you take inside of Allegiant Stadium with the suit, don't think that it goes unnoticed, man. I see you look clean, my man, and I told you that. And, I, and, that, and I'm not just saying it just to say it. But uh, as far as me and my suits, I appreciate that, man. I try to take pride, man. I'm from Vallejo, man. I was born in Oakland. I'm from Vallejo. That's how we. That's how we get down. We got to stay clean. I, I literally counted a bunch of suits this past week just because someone else asked me that. And I wondered, and I have. I probably have fifty suits. I got. I, count, I got up to like fifty suits if you include like sports coats that I wear with pants. So I got like fifty of them. Yeah, because I, I, I don't wear all of them. I, oh, I mean, I watch you on TV. I think I've never seen you use the same suit another the, the two times. And that's because you always mix and match in the sock game and everything. It's like I want to be on your level someday. So because I'm a I'm addicted to hats, especially Dodgers okay. hats and Raiders hats. Okay. So like I'll have a hat for every single single color I'm wearing. But you, it seems like that's the case with suits. Like every color of suit you got, and you're out there showing people at the Raider Nation, at Allegiant Stadium, is like, hey, I'm the guy right here. So, Brian, um, what do you have coming up on Channel 3? You and Jesse do a great job job covering sports out here in Las Vegas, and we know that Channel 3 is one of the official stations for the Raiders, the official station for the Las Vegas Aces. You guys were doing work also with um, the Henderson Silver Knights. What do you guys have coming up? Well, um, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, we're one of the official stations. And, and if you didn't know, I'm sure you do know, but uh, we also have a training camp special that's produced by the Raiders, and it's, it's specifically for Channel 3. In the past few years, I've actually hosted that inside of um, the Cox Studios at the, the Raiders uh, HQ up there. I, I, I did it one year with Lincoln Kennedy. Last year I did it with Eric Allen. And uh, I should be doing it this year as well, man. So, I mean, we, we have a lot of Raiders content on there. But tonight we will have more from day two of a mandatory mini camp. I saw Jonathan Abram just got done speaking. Alex Leatherwood's supposed to speak as well today. So we'll have that. Um, this coming weekend, our other semi-professional football team, the Vegas Nighthawks, it's on our, it plays on our sister station. Uh, it, I'll be uh, having the call of that this, this coming Saturday. Um, and I also have something from the Las Vegas Aces. They got back to practice today. They've got a week off between this past Sunday and then they play on Saturday in Los Angeles versus the Sparks. And as you know, I'm sure Derek Fisher just got fired from the Sparks and they'll be playing against Liz Cambage. So they have that coming up. I'll have uh, some sound from the Aces today as well, man. So always busy, man. Always busy in the sports and entertainment capital of the world, the Las Vegas, Harry.
Yeah, that's something important. We're not only the entertainment capital of the wor- world anymore. You got to add sports right there at the beginning. We got Formula One next year. We got the Come Super on. Bowl in February 2024. I mean, if you're not in Vegas, you're missing out. Brian Salmon, where can people follow you on social media? Because like like I said, I've seen all those videos of you out there at Allegiant Stadium at all the big sporting events in the in town. Where can people follow you? I appreciate the plug for me, Harry, man. Yeah, you can follow me at Brian News. 3LV and Brian is B R Y A N N E W S 3LV. That's my Twitter. That's my uh, Instagram. And uh, Brian Sound, I got a Facebook page for as well, man. But I try to put as much cool content as I can, man. My my guy Jesse Merrick, man, he, he kills the uh, social media game, man. I try to I try to keep up with him. You do a lot on social media as well, man. I'm trying to keep up with you guys, man. So uh, yeah, man, give me a follow, man. I, I try to put as much greater content on there as possible, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. Please say hello to Jim Snyder, Maria, uh, Chloe, all the all the crew out there. I worked for Telemundo for a little bit over a year, and I was in that same building, so I got to meet a lot of the folks, and they're great people. So please tell them I say hello, and absolutely tune to Channel 3. They do a great job with local newscasts at all day, all day long, morning, afternoon, at night. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, Harry, man, I'll definitely give him a shout-out. And, hey, man, you – I've always told you this, man. You are really, really good people. Even before doing the radio, uh, you do a great job with the play-by-play, man. And you couldn't be a better dude, man. You couldn't be a better dude, man. So I appreciate you having me on, and you're doing a wonderful job uh, filling in for JT, who's also the man. I really, really appreciate those words. Brian Salmon, main anchor, the main sports anchor at Channel 3. Check him out tonight on the news. It's time for us to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back with sound from the Raiders out there in Henderson at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center after day two of mandatory minicamp. You're talking about today? Today, yeah. Oh, it's, everybody's here. Yeah, so, I mean, it, they're all here, and, um, you know, it's a mandatory session, so um, that's what we would anticipate. But, uh, no, everybody's here and excited. At least it sounded like it this morning when we were in the squad meeting and uh, eager to work and, um, you know, get an opportunity. A little, The day's a little different. You know, we get a little time in the afternoon now. We didn't get any time in the afternoon in the OTAs to watch any tape and all that, so... I get a chance here in a little bit to go in and watch some of what we just did on the field and try to make some progress. But no, everybody's here, and um, you know they've been accountable all spring. I, 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 you know, I couldn't say enough good things about our group. That's Josh McDaniels, Raiders head coach, talking yesterday about the perfect attendance the Silver and Black had in their first day of mandatory minicamp. Today was day number two of the squad being out on the field, putting it all together, and being ready getting ready for what will be training camp in a couple of weeks. And someone who took the podium and spoke with the media after today's session is Raiders quarterbacks coach Bo Hardigree, who got a lot of props from Derek Carr yesterday. Now let's hear Raiders quarterback coach Bo Hardigree. Four quarterbacks in your room, very, um, you know, 
vantage points as far as their their development and their age and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to Derek Carr, who's been in the league for mm -hmm. eight, nine years, uh, specifically from your job, how much of it is refining or changing, or is there any kind of a fine line of all that? Uh, not really a fine line. We're just we're teaching the system for everybody. Um, yeah, it's my job to make sure I put him, give him the best ability to be successful when he goes out on the field. And that's what I do every day um, from his drill work, from my meeting prep, to just teaching the system. But that's what we're doing right now is just teaching the system. We're going from a baseline, and we're just building that foundation right now. How important is it to have Jarek Stidham in the quarterback room because he does know the system so well? Uh, you know, it's it's a plus. You know, anytime you know, I've, I've moved a couple times, a couple different teams. If you have somebody that has that prior knowledge to kind of maybe tie something together, um, it's definitely a benefit. He's been great for the whole room. He's a great guy, great worker. Um, and obviously I had a year with him previously um, in New England, so that's been good. It's been a positive. Hey, Bo, it's Tashawn Reed from the Athletic. Yesterday, you, doing? Said, uh, you had the most drills he's ever seen in terms of practice. Yeah. Um, how, from what you're, your experience so far, how does that benefit the quarterbacks to have all those different drills? Well, the things I do is I try to identify things to improve, um, whether that's from watching previous tape, um, things that have worked in the past, and everything we really do, I try to stay away from just doing drills. It's just something to correlate improving him. That's going to either show up in practice or in games, and and that way he can, they can see what the why. And that's what I try to do with everything I do is explain the why to everything for these guys. I would imagine you took a deep dive into Derek uh, upon taking the job. Um, was there anything that, uh, that that jumped out at you? Maybe perception that you had that changed on on, on watching him? No, I've always thought he's been a great player. The best part of this thing is he's an even better person. I mean, it's it's great. He comes to work every day. He listens to everything we do, and he just he works his tail off. And he's got a great, you know, great mind. Very smart, and he's and he's a great football player. When Devontae Adams came in, and and you have a quarterback and a wide receiver who haven't played together in the NFL, but have the off-season relationship and going back to college, how does that change your job with what you're doing with with Derek? Doesn't change at all because, I mean, like I said, what we're doing with Derek, we're doing the same thing with Devontae. We're just we're building the system and letting those guys kind of work together. And, you know, they'll develop their relationship, but just continuing, like I said, to just build the foundation with both of them. Any more questions, guys? All set? All right, easy. Good. Thanks, Bo. All right, nice to meet you guys. There you go, Bull Hardegree. The quarterback's coach for your Las Vegas Raiders. He has been teaching the system, building the foundation, doing the work down from the roots, explaining the why to his quarterbacks on every play possible. So that's something important. Remember, it's mandatory minicamp. Everybody has to be there. And so far, I've been there both days. Let me tell you something. Jared Sinem, he's a good I've liked what I've seen from him. I like this quarterback's room from the Raiders so far. It's time to take a break. Hour number two is coming up. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Call in 888-344-1170.